media Twitter beef all about why Tom Brady retired. Is it all Bruce Arians' fault? We dive into those murky off-season waters right now on the Locked On Bucks podcast. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bucks Nation? Welcome to the Locked On Bucks Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, which if you're listening to the show right now, we greatly appreciate and love all of our audio audience members. You're going to want to go to YouTube for this one. So go ahead and listen to it. But when you have time, give it, give us give us a look over at YouTube because you're going to want to see some of the screen grabs we have here. We thank you all, no matter what platform you're listening to or watching, for making us your first listen or your first view every single day. I'm David Harrison, my co-host James Jarko, not here for this episode, but both of us cover your Tampa Bay Buccaneers for SB Nation's Bucks Nation. When we aren't here, you can find us there or on Twitter at JRCO underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, at Locked On Bucks, and at Bucks Nation. Today we're brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. It's that time of year, guys, as not only are the rumor machines on and fully spinning, but so are the source machines. And of course, I'm talking about Rich Ordenberger reporting via Twitter, quote, heard some interesting things recently. The Tom Brady and Bruce Arians honeymoon was over in Tampa. Their retirement announcement wasn't because of the trouble seeing eye to eye on the offensive game planning, but the relationship was souring. Apparently, while Arians was rehabbing the Achilles in the early mornings, offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich and Tom Brady would work on the week's game plan. Arians would later come in and take the red pen to work they'd done. The QB and OC felt undermined. There was tension. End quote. That is the tweet sent by Rich Ornberger over the weekend, during the weekend, while we're all trying to relax. Rich Ornberger out here stirring things up. So who is, first of all, Rich Ornberger? Well, for one, he's a media member uh, covering the NFL, covering sports out in the San Diego area. He's a former NFL player, played college football for the Penn State Nittany Lions. No, not the Donovan Smith or the Chris Godwin Penn State Nittany Lions. A little bit older than those two guys and their teammates, so he wasn't teammates with either of those guys. But he played five years in the NFL after being drafted by the New England Patriots in the fourth round of the 2009 NFL draft. Now, this report gets a lot uh, it gets a little bit deeper and we're going to get into that here in segment two, but real quick, I just want to kind of take this thing layer by layer, step by step. So when this tweet, uh, came out over the weekend, James, uh, who is away on a hockey trip with his son, you know, uh, doing good things, playing in hockey tournaments, future Stanley cup champion, Becky Yarko doing, doing great things out there. But James sends me this, this tweet in a screenshot, he screenshots, he sends it to me uh, on messenger. And I look at it and look on, on the surface, you kind of look at it. Okay. Tom Brady and Bruce Arians, the honeymoon being over in Tampa. This isn't the first time we've heard about this, right? You go back to last year, uh, there were some reports or some thoughts that maybe there was some conflict, some headbutting going on between Tom Brady and Bruce Arians about how to execute the game plan, how to approach the game. And and at the time, uh, Coach Arians kind of deflected it. Tom Brady deflected it. Jake Arians, the, the son of Bruce Arians, uh, actually went on record and, and said it was BS. Now, is that does that necessarily mean that you know they're holding hands in the meeting rooms every day and, and singing kumbaya and all that? That's not necessary. What what people look at as conflict sometimes can be professional discussions, professional conversations about trying to 
get to the same location. At the end of the day, they got to the same location. I actually remember uh, another comment by Jake Arians when the Buccaneers won the NFC Championship game and the look on Tom Brady's face as he turned and he handed the trophy over to head coach Bruce Arians just kind of showed all the all the happiness in the world and why the reports of the tension were inaccurate uh, and false and, and, and all those things. And, and maybe something overblown that maybe the the normal person, you know, walking the street, working in a normal business place would view as tension. But when you're looking to try to win Super Bowl championships with an NFL franchise are just kind of par for the course, especially when you're dealing with a, a legendary quarterback in Tom Brady, uh, two-time, multiple-time head coach of the year in Bruce Arians and an offense coordinator who's looked at uh, in Byron Leftwich as one of the rising head coaching candidates. I mean, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they hadn't Jacksonville Jaguar that whole thing up. They would be having Bruce or, uh, Byron Leftwich as their next head coach as we speak. So were there probably some uncomfortable moments and disagreements and conversations in the building back in 2021 and then again, uh, or back in 2020 and then again in 2021? Probably. I mean, it, it's just kind of one of those things. You have disagreements and, and somebody's going to win out eventually either way. But at the end of the day, the idea and the, and the goal has always been the same, right? Go and win games, go and win championships. The Buccaneers did exactly that. They won a lot of games and they won a championship together. But this isn't the first time we've heard of, of quote-unquote conflict, right? And then you talk about the game plans and all those things. And listen, if, if Bruce Arians were coming in and Byron and Tom are creating this plan and doing all this deep diving and Bruce were to walk in after his rehab training or sessions or therapy sessions or what have you and kind of say, yeah, you know, thanks for doing all that work, guys. Here, let me, let me pull out my, my red pen and uh, let, me, let me go to town on this thing and, and let you know what I think of it. I can see why that might cause a little bit of tension, but of course the story is never fully completed until you get both sides of it. And we're going to get both sides of it. And speaking of getting the best of everything, have you tried built puffs? Because if you haven't, you're missing out on one of the best tasting built bar products around puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors like churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, which I've actually got some of those in my refrigerator as we speak. They're all so good, and they're going to be your new favorites. All Built Bars, of course, are covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs included 100% real chocolate. All of them are low-calorie, high-protein. Replace your candy bar with them. You're never going to regret it. They're better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories, but if you go to BuiltBar.com, Right now, you can scroll down to the macros tray. You're going to be blown away when you find out that most Built Bars have just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. When you compare that to those candy bars, they're just going to bring you dozens of net carbs and 30 grams of sugar, a lot of them. Built Bars, Built Puffs are delicious with new flavors coming out all the time. If you think the flavor might be good, they're going to make it. It will be delicious, and it will be good for you as well. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They'll make it delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off all the time. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Receipts coming up on the Locked on Bucks podcast. Thanks again, Bucks fans, for making us your first listener, your first view of the day. Make sure you're following the Locked On NFL podcast, Locked On experts, covering the biggest stories around the NFL Monday through Friday in under 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. James and I, we don't host any of the days on the show, but you will hear from us from time to time. Actually, 
I am on today's episode, Monday's episode, uh, dropping with Bo Brock of the Locked on Cardinals podcast. He hosts Monday. Uh, he and I had a little bit of a conversation about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback situation and this drama, the story of Rich Ornberger and his report of Tom Brady retiring because he didn't want to play for Bruce Arians any longer. Uh, and the story is long from over after those just those two tweets. So, again, we were talking about him in segment one. Rich Ornberger over the weekend dropping these two tweets that we just talked about. And again, Rich Ornberger, former NFL player, you know, media personality, uh, has a media role of some sort in the San Diego area. So not a guy who's not not so much a random fellow uh, on the Twitter machine, but not uh, not exactly one of your most well-known personalities on the Twitter machine either. And thanks to the power of media communication and uh, hurt feelings, I guess you could you could put it that way. Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times went ahead and did some research, did some follow up on this story and published his story for the Tampa Bay Times. You can go to the Times and you can find that story again by Rick Stroud. Uh, the headline Bucks Arians lashes out at report denies any rift with Brady says that the head coach was pissed off about what was being said in the media. It's a very good story. But there are a couple quotes that I kind of grabbed out of here again, talking about receipts. And the very first one I want to go with is Bruce Arian stating, I mean, and this is a quote, I mean, that's such BS. That's what pisses me off. I guess probably Byron could corroborate this too, claiming that Ormberger's statement that his, his claims of the rift between he and Brady and the undermining and all those things were not accurate. And Arians goes further saying, quote, first of all, I don't rehab my Achilles in the morning. I will go over the game plans and add things, but I don't delete anything. I don't have to because they do such a good job. I'll see some things, add some things. It's an awesome collaboration. One of the best I've ever been around End quote. And listen, if you know, coach Arians history, you go back through his time in the national football league, go back, you read his book, all these things, you know, coach Arians is not so much a do what I say, do it when I say I do to do it and do it how I say to do it type of guy. He's more of a let's figure out together how we're going to do these things. And you kind of see here in this quote, the first sort of debunking, if you want to say, of what Orenberger put out. Because, uh, again, Orenberger's quote, if you go back to his tweet, right, and, and I'll pull it up for you here again. Orenberger says, heard some interesting things. And you go down the list. Apparently, while Arians was rehabbing the Achilles in the early mornings, Byron Leftwich and Tom Brady were working on the game plan. Well, you go back to Bruce Arians' quote. First of all, I don't rehab my Achilles in the morning. So there's, you know, an imperfect, factual imperfection, number one, that how is Bruce Arians coming in after Achilles uh, workout or, you know, therapy or what, what have you rehab in the morning to disrupt the game planning session if he doesn't even do the Achilles rehab in the morning. So that's number one. And then you have this next quote, Arian saying that he also never used a red pen to go over game plans. Quote, I never heard of that one. That was the best one ever. That's pretty graphic to know what the expletive you're talking about. End quote, basically saying that uh, he never physically used a red pen and has no idea where that claim is coming from. So yet again, another portion of kind of debunking Ornberger saying that Arians would come in after Achilles training rehab in the morning, which Arians doesn't do Achilles rehab in the morning, and then red pen the game plan, which Arians says here that he's never used a red pen before. But Ornberger, despite the report, despite the quote from the head coach himself, the member of this actual conflict, quote unquote, uh, that Ornberger is responding or is, is claiming, Ornberger responded to the article himself Sunday afternoon by tweeting another session or string thread of tweets 
uh, saying that the Buccaneers handling of Tom Brady involved Byron Leftwich and Tom Brady reportedly being responsible for the entirety of the offensive game plan. And then you see Orenberger double down on this being a report. He tweeted per my earlier report. So this is not a theory. This is not an opinion. This is something that Orenberger is claiming is fact. And he's putting out there for everybody to digest uh, that head coach Bruce Arians would at times take a red pen to that offensive plan. Now Orenberger saying figuratively speaking, of course, now I'm going to be honest with you guys. Red penning is, is a phrase that I use from time to time, and I've used it in my professional life because there are things that I will actually or would actually take a red pen to. Now, sometimes I'll say, you know, shoot me over your plan on an email, I'll red pen it, and I'll send it back to you. Obviously, I'm not red penning an email, but to tweet that and say, of course, I'm speaking figuratively, at best, it's very presumptuous that Ornberger would assume that everybody would read that he says Bruce Arians would come in red pen the game plan and that everybody would assume it was a figure of speech instead of a literal. But anyway, there's kind of Ornberger backtracking on that whole thing. There were apparently major disagreements between Leftwich and Brady on strategy, especially regarding the run game. Ornberger finished that first set of tweets. He then continued his thread by saying at a certain point during 2021, Brady successfully took control of the offensive game plan, adjusting play calls. Uh, and additional, there was a feeling of resentment in inside the building towards head coach Bruce Arians saying that while others worked around the clock in Tampa to build a winner, Bruce Arians had a much lighter work schedule per multiple impregnable sources. And this is where things got really fun from the Twitter aspect of things. If you were on there watching this whole interaction between Orenberger and Stroud, because Stroud retweeted the impregnable sources tweets and wrote impregnable dot, 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 a little bit of sarcasm sensed in that whole thing. couple things. Uh, spent Rich basically Rick stating that he spent two years every day with Tom Brady, Byron Leverage, BA. Arians took the job on the condition of not game planning. And, and we know this. If you go back to when Bruce Arians was hired in 2019, the whole thing was that his workload wasn't going to be as stressful, wasn't going to be as strenuous, wasn't going to be as time consuming because there were health concerns. He retired because of those health concerns. And in order for, in order for his family, most specifically and most importantly, his wife, Christine, to be on board with his coming back to coaching. There had to be some things put in place to make sure that Bruce Arians' health was was protected above all. A, a lesson of workload is a little bit of that and something that's surely reasonable given the circumstances. That is why Bruce was so insistent on bringing Todd Bowles, bringing Byron Leftwich, guys that he knew, who knew him, and understood what it is the plan was going to be. He didn't have to teach these guys what his scheme was, what his objectives were, what his ideas were. They already knew it. It, just, it was just about coming in, getting the players up to speed on board, and executing. So there's also no figurative red pen shroud. It was always left, which and Brady and was collaborative. They had a top two and three offense. Strouds finishes his impregnable response to Rich's impregnable tweet to which Rich Ornberger responded or retweeted and responded impregnable period. No dot, 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 just solidifying the word impregnable. Offensive rankings and team success are not indications that relationships are or were on steady footing. If that were the case, Tom Brady would still be playing in New England or in this instance playing football at all. And listen, Orenberger brings up a very fascinating point in this whole conversation that I think is being missed that I don't even think really applies here. But I think it's just funny because Tom Brady and conflict with his head coach has been a conversation for probably like the last 10 off seasons. Yet they continue to have success and they continue to be successful. And I think at the end of the day, when you look at this group of professionals, that's really all they're here for. They're not necessarily here to make friends. If they end up friends, fantastic. But at the end of the day, they're coming together to win games and to be successful. That's their goal, not 
friendship. Uh, but I will say that I think Ornberger, he kind of scores a little bit of a point here. I mean, offensive rankings and team success are never indications of actual relationships, uh, successful or otherwise. So I do think he gets a point there. But the problem is he doesn't really, you know, approach or, or, or address any of the things that Rick Straub brings up as far as disagreeing with what Ornberger is reporting in his tweets. But little did Rich know when he responded to Rick Stroud that Rick Stroud was not done. Oh, no. Going back to the impregnable retweet, Rick then tweeted a, a thread of responses inside that retweet. Uh, and I'm not going to read them all verbatim again. If you're listening to this episode, head over to YouTube and see all of them. Or you can head to Twitter and look at Rick Stroud's timeline and read them all. But basically saying that, look, Tom Brady had a ton of success that in 2021, uh, you know, injuries were obviously a huge factor and the narrative between the the Brady and Arians rift has have been discussed and been has it's been answered. It's old. Uh, it's it's kind of, you know, just this whole thing that's it's being blown out, way out of proportion and that the much lighter work schedule, which Rick puts in quotes, is by design. You, you know, Coach Arians wasn't expected to come in at 3.30 a.m. to do some of the things that a lot of these other head coaches do, and he wasn't doing. That's what Byron left Wichita Bowles were there for. And, you know, listen, the plan works, uh, as Rick uh, points out in the tweet thread, 29 wins in two seasons, five and one playoff record, a Super Bowl, NFC South title. I mean, you know, Tom Brady got everything that he bargained for when he went to Tampa and more. But my favorite part, to be quite honest with you guys, of this whole interaction between Rick Shroud and Rich Ornberger on Twitter over this is when Rick Shroud gets petty because in the thread, a Brian Williams at B Williams. FL. So apparently, Brian, you live in Florida. If you're watching or listening to the show, happy to happy to have you. Tweeted at Ornberger said, aren't you the one with the quote unquote breaking news about Mahomes this week and had to apologize when it was proven to be 100% false? You're a hack. To which Rick Stroud retweets with huge big eyeball emojis, which is hilarious. Twitter beef, media Twitter beef over, at least for the time being. There really hasn't been anything since then. I just I find it hilarious. Um, to, to see these guys going at it. But look, there, you know, I get Arians being pissed. He even says in the article that he was advised not to respond to it, but he just kind of had to. He just he felt like there was a line crossed. And if there's a line crossed, then you, by all means, you go in on it. Um, Rick, you know, look, come in, come into uh, defense of his reporting, basically saying, look, I know the subject of this report that you're giving. I know it's heinous. I know it's false. And I'm not going to let you spin this false narrative. I don't know if this discussion is over guys, but football games are over for at least this season. But if you're looking for some action that's real and tangible and you can see it yourself and you know that it's actually happening, if actual basketball is happening, it's in full steam for both pro and college hoops. And for all your latest odds, totals, player performance props, or where the next fire coach is going to land, betonline.net is your number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season, but it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right down to your Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today, use your mobile device, and learn about the trends and action going on at BetOnline, where the game starts. Wrapping up this episode of the Locked on Bucks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day, your daily show on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It appears that this story of this Brady and Arians conflict has run its course. Perhaps Rick Stroud and Greg Allman will go and ask Byron Leftwich to confirm what Coach Arians said. Coach Arians even suggested as much. Maybe not. It may just die down and get swallowed up in the wave of NFL offseason speculation that happens this time of year every year. But either way, 
my problem with this is if Rich Ornberger didn't pull this report, which he calls it a report, out of thin air, then where did he get it from? Because Rich Ornberger, you know, again, former NFL player, he's got a media job. He's covering sports. He's covering the football. He's, he, he was a play-by-play guy for, for a short period of time. Like, I mean, there's some, there's some inspiration for him to maybe want to climb. Maybe he wants to work at NFL Network or ESPN or one of these other places. But the man is working in sports media, right? Like he goes, he wakes up every day and works in sports media. So it's not like this is, you know, uh, so, you know, a blogger or a podcaster who's trying to make a name for himself by getting the scoop on somebody. Okay, this is a guy who is, who has been in the league and is connected with the league in some way, shape, or form, and covers the league on a professional day to day basis. Which means th- this report you feel like had to come from somewhere. I mean. I got it, right? Like, so the Pat Mahomes things, for those of you who aren't familiar, he reported that Patrick Mahomes basically sat down with his fiance and his brother and said, you're a distraction, you're hurting my brand, I don't want you to come to games next year. That report was completely false, and he later had to backtrack on that. I don't know where he claims to got that to get that from, too. And again, we go back to the beginning of the show, the, the season of sources, uh, right, when guys refused to basically say where they got their information from. But usually, and even the Mahomes one, like usually that information is coming from somewhere, whether it's a credible source or not, and this is where media members get in trouble because, first of all, you shouldn't be reporting anything you don't get from the source. Like, if there's a conflict between Bruce Arians and Tom Brady, you should be getting that report of the conflict before you report it from either Tom Brady or Bruce Arians. It shouldn't be coming from second- or third-hand information, and if you're getting second- or third-hand information, like we all do from time to time, we get second- or third-hand information, you don't report it because it's unconfirmed information. If you want to report it, then you got to put in a phone call to an agent. You got to put a phone call into a player. You got to put a phone call into somebody. Go get direct information from the source, or at least the source is representative, man. I mean, that's that's you know journalism 101, to be quite honest with you. So if Warrenberger has this information from somewhere, he just didn't confirm it, obviously didn't run it down before he decided to go ahead and put it out there in the Twitter sphere and then double down on it and call it a report. So, I mean, you can't even, now you can't even go back and say, look, I was just speculating on Twitter. You know, it's Twitter. It's not a big deal. It's not like I said it on my show or wrote it up in a newspaper or anything like that. No, you called it a report brother. So you are, you're getting what you're getting and you deserve every bit of it. But bottom line guys, there's a rat, right? This report came from somewhere. So there's a rat. So who is the rat? So let's follow the Orenberger connection to the organization and to try to find where the rat is. And then you start with the beginning of his NFL career, two seasons with the new England Patriots after being drafted in the 2009 NFL draft. He spent 09 and 2010 with the new England Patriots. So could the rat be Tom Brady himself, right? Teammate of rich Ornberger back in 2009 and 2010. I'm going to say no. Here's why I'm going to say no. First of all, this is off of the Tom Brady brand. Tom Brady, more than anybody controls the narrative, controls the messages that come out of his mouth, his camp, everything else. Number that's number one. And I don't believe Rich Orenberger being the mouthpiece for Tom Brady to, to leak this information for whatever reason would actually happen. Number two is the re is the reason would be, or the question should be, what does Tom Brady have to gain? Like if you're retiring and you have retired and you're stepping away from the game of football, you putting out there through a leak, through a mouthpiece that Bruce Arians and you had a conflict that you couldn't get over. And that's why you're retiring doesn't really hurt you, but it doesn't also help you. Like there's really nothing for Tom Brady to gain here in that situation by being the source of Rich Ornberger's report. So I don't think it's Tom Brady. So now you get to his time. Well, we're actually going to fast forward to the end. He spent two seasons with the San Diego Chargers in 2013, 2014. As far as I can tell, no teammate, no coach, 
no nothing that's with the Buccaneers, or no t- uh, player with the Buccaneers and no coach with the Buccaneers uh, was with the Chargers around that time frame again. I didn't dive into every single person's history here, but no obvious connection with the San Diego, San Diego Chargers. So if it's not Tom Brady, if it's not uh, the San Diego Chargers, it only leaves one other team. He spent one year with the Arizona Cardinals in 2012. So in 2011, between his time with the Pats and the Cardinals, he was not on an active NFL roster in t- 2011. So he comes back to the NFL in 2012 with the Arizona Cardinals. And automatically, you start thinking, well, Bruce Arians was an, was an, was an Arizona Cardinals head coach, right? One head coach of the years at one point got the job after doing such a great job with the Indianapolis Colts. But again, if he is the guy telling Ornberger this is what's happened or this is why this whole thing went down, why is he then going to Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times saying it's BS? Either there's a personal beef there between he and Ornberger or something else. It just doesn't make any sense. But you know what? What about Todd Bowles? Todd Bowles is a coach with the Arizona Cardinals, right? Ornberger uh, played in the trenches. Todd Bowles coached people in the trenches. Uh, again, you have to ask yourself, what is there to gain? So then you look at maybe a Byron Leftwich. I mean, look, could Byron Leftwich gain from a report like this being put out? I don't really know. Like inside the building, it doesn't really feel like it because, I mean, for one, again, according to Rick Stroud's report and Bruce Arians' own words, Byron Leftwich and the quarterback do the game planning all, all together. He calls the plays, Byron does. So, I mean, I mean, what else are you looking for? You're looking for more control. So it doesn't really make sense uh, from that aspect either. There's another coach in Tampa Bay. I mean, there's several, but another prominent coach, Harold Goodwin, uh, the assistant head coach and the running game coordinator. He also coached in Arizona. Uh, with those three, here's the problem with all of it. None of those guys were coaching in Arizona when Orenberger played. Orenberger, again, played with the Arizona Cardinals in 2012. Arians and his staff didn't come in until 2013. And in 2013, Orenberger played with the Chargers. So the connection isn't in Arizona, but it does have to do with Arizona because there's a player that played for Bruce Arians, on this, played on the team that Todd Bowles was on the staff on, Harold Goodwin was on the staff, and Byron Lovewich was on the staff. And this person was also a college teammate of Rich Ornberger, a seventh-round pick of the Pittsburgh Steelers in the 2009 NFL Draft, Mr. A.Q. Shipley. And look, doing the research for this episode, guys, the connection just kind of jumped out. A.Q. Shipley, again, Penn State lineman. Look, I I couldn't find the complete collegiate stats for Ornberger, but best I can tell, they were teammates for four years with the Penn State Nittany Lions. Won a Big Ten title in the 2008 season, I believe. Uh, both of them end up coming out in the 2009 NFL draft. Shipley goes in the seventh round. Ornberg, I believe, goes in the fourth. But again, both of them coming from the same offensive line, both of them interior linemen. AQ Shipley played for the Buccaneers, got a, you know, suffered a career ending injury, unfortunately, went right to the coaching staff. He's an assistant, offensive assistant with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as we speak. He is the most likely connection between Ornberger and Shipley. But again, just like Ornberger, We don't want to make the mistake of saying, here's some speculation that has no solidified fact behind it. So let's run with it. So nobody accusing A.Q. Shipley of being the source that Rich Ornberger was referring to and an unconfirmed uh, source. But the dots are connected. It's kind of hard to ignore. Listen, if A.Q. needs to answer for anything, Bruce Arians and his staff will handle that internally and we will let that be handled internally until something else comes out from this that we uh, we need to speak on. But to me, just kind of a, a very soap opera type day for what circles around the National Football League and specifically the Tampa Bay Buccaneers organization. Oh, by the way, in that same report from the Tampa Bay Times, Bruce Arian says he does not expect Tom Brady to unretire, would be very surprised 
if he did. Thank you guys for sticking with me for making the Locked On Books podcast your first listen of the day or your first view. For your next listen, check out the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. I will be back tomorrow. We'll look at some mock drafts. It'll be Mock Draft Monday, which is our Tuesday episode. It was recorded on Monday. Mock Draft drop on Monday. So Mock Draft Monday, we'll do that. If you have any questions or takes or topics that you want to discuss, shoot them in to LockedOnBucksPodcast at gmail.com or call in, be a part of the show by dialing 813-444-5841. Perhaps we can revive our question of the week segment that we did uh, towards the end of the last offseason. We actually got a question uh, posed to us that we would love to hear you guys' answers to from a, a follower on Twitter. Uh, based on about the Rams, the Rams left St. Louis. They moved to Los Angeles. They win a Super Bowl. Um, I retweeted from the Locked On Bucks podcast Twitter account. Uh, there was a picture of you know empty parade route streets in Los Angeles for the Rams. They said, where are all the fans? I retweeted it, said St. Louis. And, and he responded that his friend from St. Louis loved the Rams until they moved to L.A. Now he can't stand them. Um, so for the Buccaneers fans, for Bucks Nation, if the Buccaneers were to leave Tampa, would you follow them and remain a fan? Or would you... Uh, you know, turn turn your back on them as they turn their back on the city and become a fan of a new team. If you have a thought on that, again, locked on bucks podcast at gmail.com or call in your answer 813-444-5841. Definitely interested to hear what you guys think about that. Again, I'm Dave Harrison for James Jarko. Until we speak again, make sure you're checking out everything we're writing over at BucksNation.com. Find us on Twitter at dharrison82 at jarko underscore bucks and at locked on bucks. If you're out and about, please be safe, be kind to one another, wash your hands, fire those cannons, and thank you for joining us right here at Locked On Bucks.